Soccer. KKSC FM HD1 Bloomfield. Your Colorado Avalanche. Your Denver Nuggets. Your Denver Sports Talk on FM. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Oh, wait, man. He just gave you so much confidence in yourself. Uh, uh, I mean, I'll never forget. I had one bad game, I think, and he just... You're the best. You're going to get it next week. I'm ready for you next week. I'm, I'm, I got a big game for game plan for you to make plays next week. So he just, he just knows to lift you up and um, make sure, uh, brings the, uh, the, your potential out of you. Broncos' best players talking about their former defensive coordinator. We're talking about the best defensive players talking about their former D coordinator who will be in town this week as the L.A. Rams come in to take on your Broncos on Sunday in Game 6. Welcome back to the Mark Mosier Show, broadcasting live from Buffalo, New York. The Avs and Sabres get together tonight, 435 with the pregame right here on these very airwaves. Burton Oldie and Connor McGahee will have it for you. I'll move over to the TV side. Let's continue on and go to the hotline and welcome in our Broncos insider from ESPN. We talk to him every Thursday at 2.30. Today we'll do it a half hour as we try to make sense of what the Broncos have been doing and what they could do against the Rams on Sunday. Here is Jeff Legwald. Hey, Leggy, what's going on? How are we doing, Moe? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, listen, i, I got to be honest with you, Jeff. We just played the comment yesterday from Chris Harris. And Vaughn Miller also today talked about Wade Phillips. Sure seems to me like they really, really miss him. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's miss. I mean, they understand how the league works. You know, the players leave in free agency, too. That's essentially what Wade, Wade did. He got more money to coach in L.A. than he was going to get here if, if he had stayed. So, you know, I, I think they understand that, but... Again, you're, you're talking about a group that won the Super Bowl. They're always going to have great feelings for all of the people involved in that. Gary Kubiak, you know, and, and Wade Phillips are, you know, lead the way uh, when you talk to guys. But, you know, they, these guys like and respect Joe Woods. I mean, Joe Woods was on the Super Bowl coaching staff. So uh, I, I don't think their love of Wade is, is necessarily a, slap in the face at at the current staff I think it's more of hey those guys put a Super Bowl ring on my finger and that was awesome no I agree with you Jeff I'm not trying to insinuate that they don't like Joe Woods or they don't have respect for him as a defensive coordinator what I am saying though if you're looking at some of the reasons why the Denver Broncos defense has gone from top five to top 10 and now currently ranked 27th in the National Football League in terms of total defense there are just some things that you cannot replace. You can replace like brains. You can replace like game plans. But you can't replace that chemistry and that want to. Jeff, you know as well as I do, those players, you remember them saying they were excited to get in every Wednesday to find out what Uncle Wade has drawn up for us this week. They were excited to get to the, to the practice facility to find out what Wade Phillips is going to do for them and how they're going to beat that next team. That's all they wanted to do. And you, you can't replace that kind of thing. Well, as long as you can't replace the whole equation, and I think that's what we've seen. I mean, even Wade said and has said many times, even the last time I saw Wade and talked to him, uh, he has said he couldn't have played the way they did or had the results they did without Tlaib and Harris. He called them the best pair of cornerbacks he ever had. Uh, You know, he called Von Miller – one of the best pass rushers he's ever had. So, I mean, it was a perfect storm 
And, and for as long as there's guys left in the locker room who played for that team, they are always going to just feel like, you know, somehow they, they want to get back to that, to how it was. And, and that's really hard. You know, it's hard to win the Super Bowl. It's really hard in this day and age to do it the way the Broncos did it with, with the league's most dominating defense and, and probably a defense that hasn't been given as much credit as it deserves for, you know, over even in the all-time discussion. All right, talking about uh, things that are difficult, beating the Rams on Sunday is going to be difficult. they got the number 10 D. They've got the number one offense in the NFL coming into town. Maybe the weather will help slow them down a little bit, but, Jeff, the, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, this is clearly, even if it wasn't the L.A. Rams, it would be an all-hands-on-deck type of situation. But now that you've got this number one team coming in, this is a, a tall order for a Broncos team right now that's lacking confidence and is searching for answers a little bit. Am I, uh, am I explaining that? Let me put it this way. Am I over the top with that assessment? Yeah, no, I don't think so. They're pretty good on offense. And, you know, if the Broncos' plan is to keep handing them the ball and giving them possessions, uh, I don't think that's the way to go. You know, and I, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to be looking at the Broncos' defense but but I think the onus is really on the team's offense to play the way they need to, to, to keep the ball from they you know they got to do what they did for three quarters against the Chiefs you know same principle, keep the ball, score when you have the chance, and every play you run is is a play the the Rams are not running so I think that's what has to happen whether it's ugly pretty or in between. It, this one's really on the Broncos' offense to make the most of every possession and, frankly, just shorten the game whenever they whenever they have a chance to. Had to listen to K. Or had a chance, I should say, to listen to Case Keenum yesterday talking about the red zone woes, and and he was describing how everything gets microscopic in the red zone. Everything is so much tighter. Everything has to be so much more, you know, timed correctly. Everything is is magnified in the red zone. When you look at the Broncos' struggles in the red zone, what do you see? Uh, I see a team that kind of struggles with who it is, you know, and, and you know, I, I think it's no accident that when they run the ball, good things happen. You know, they they have as many rushing touchdowns as the Chiefs do. You know, and everybody thinks, you know, that offense is just far and away better than the Broncos. But, you know, they've closed the deal inside the 20, you know, better than the Broncos have. And I, I think they just have to to uh, do what they do better, which, which starts with running the ball and then play action. You know, you can't consistently pound the ball in from inside the 20. I get it. But they they've got to get things structured so that their play action game is in in effect. Because right now nobody's honoring those those fakes because they don't think you know the Broncos can hold up in pass protection long enough to to uh, to make it happen. So they've they've got to keep running the ball and and give defenses something else to look at. I think and and it's always been explained to me and I've always felt that. Uh, in between the 20s is a scheme thing in the NFL. That's how good your scheme is. Inside the 20, that's a matchup game. That's about your players winning one-on-one matchups. And uh, the Broncos need more of that. And 
Uh, I frankly think Cortland Sutton would help them. Royce Freeman would help them. You know, they they got to start giving these young guys a chance to be playmakers inside the 20. Well, Jeff, teams don't respect the Broncos' passing game in that regard and, and can focus on the run because they don't have to. I mean, let's be honest. They, the Broncos' passing game is not good. Case Keenum, when it comes to red zone passing, is the lowest-rated qualified passer in the league, which is not what the Broncos were expecting to get when they signed him to two years and 36 million bucks. So, I, I listen, he's been on his backside an awful lot, not as much as the guys in Buffalo and, and you know, even Cleveland and, and, and other places, but the Broncos are, are, are a worse-than-middle-of-the-pack team when it comes to giving up sacks, and they need to buy him a little bit more time and allow him the opportunity to work. I agree with you in that regard. So what's it going to take to fix that? But you, to me, you you run people out of the pass rush, and if you can get a run game and stick to it instead of inexplicably leaving it as they have for for two games in a row, uh, then you force defenses to hesitate. They can't just charge up the field, and the more they line up in three wide, the more they're saying we're not running the ball, and they can't protect in that formation. So, I. I say they should line up heavier and give defenses a little something to think about because they've, in those formations, they've succeeded both throwing and running this year. They just haven't played out of them very often, and uh, I have a hard time understanding why because, you know, after five games, they've played three wide the most in every game this season, and it is the single personnel grouping they've been the least productive in. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the rushing stats and how effective they are and the fact that they get away from that, it blows my mind. Uh, Like I'm sure a lot of people who watch the Denver Broncos. Hey, Leggy, let's get to a break here. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, slowing down Golf and Company, if that's cool with you. Certainly. All right, there he is, Jeff Legwalter, our Broncos insider from ESPN. That's what the Broncos need to do offensively. They need to run the ball first, establish that run, and then get Keenum in the passing game. But what do the Broncos need to do defensively to slow down Jared Goff and Todd Gurley? That's easier said than done. We'll discuss it next here on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Mark Mosier show rolls on here from... uh, Buffalo, New York. Abs getting ready to take on the Sabres. 435 pregame right here on these airwaves. With Connor McGahee and, of course, Mark Burton. Only all slide over to the Altitude TV side. Continuing our conversation here before we're all said and done and turn it over to Kreckman and Harris with our Broncos insider from ESPN, Jeff Legwald, as the Broncos and Rams hook up on Sunday over at Mile High. And, Leggy, I last left you with the thought, okay, how do you slow down Jared Goff and company? Oh, God. I mean, this is, I mean, listen, Goff is, is obviously coming to his own. Todd Gurley is the best back in the league. I don't know what you can really do to slow them down. You, you can hope and pray a little bit, I guess, and, and you have to execute flawlessly, I would suppose, throughout the entire game on every play. Well, I think what defensive coaches in the league will tell you, and I've talked to plenty this week, is you have to somehow manage Gurley on first down because it starts – and ends with him. Yeah, I mean, Goff is playing well, and the receivers are playing well, and they got a, 
a good offensive line and, and the whole bit. But but in terms of defending them, it starts and ends with Gurley. You have to manage Gurley on first down, especially, and if you can on second down. And and that's that's when teams have success. It's when uh, they they get you with Gurley, and then after that, you're on their time, you're on their pace, and they can do a lot of things to you after that because, uh, you know, they they dress a lot of plays up with motion and, and moving guys around, but in the end, they're very basic football concepts uh, hidden in all that window dressing, and, and you've got to play with discipline and understand that it is a simple play in there, but you can't get caught up in all the movement because that's what they do to you. It would seem to me that when that offense is flowing, and it's a very well-timed offense, Goff, is, is, his internal clock is really, really good right now. It seems to me that once they get flowing, Jeff, and they get in that rhythm, it's very difficult to break them out of that rhythm. Is that fair to say? It is because, and again, a lot of it is they have kept people away from Goff because, you know, any the best way to disrupt timing in a, in a, a passing offense especially is to disrupt the quarterback, and uh, people haven't been able to do that. You know, he hadn't been sacked much. He hadn't even been pressured much. So uh, they moved the ball out quickly. And uh, I did a story this week asking a bunch of defensive coaches, all right, what are a few things that you have to do to defend them? And one of the things they all said was, was get Goff to take the second hitch in the right. pocket and that if you can do that you have disrupted everything they want to do and his discomfort level goes up exponentially he is a far different quarterback when he has had to pull the ball down and 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 re-examine what the defense is doing and if the broncos can somehow do that then they have a chance it's just that nobody has consistently done it to them this year because they've been so good at at staying in the down and distance they want and playing offense in the timing they want. Yeah, I would encourage everybody to go to ESPN.com and read Jeff's article if you can. It's a very good article. And, Jeff, we were talking about that earlier on in the program that when you when you were the Broncos and you flushed Mahomes out of the pocket, he may be even better when he's on the run in terms of playmaking. I mean, he rolls to his right, and he's flushed. God, he can make you pay. He can put the ball in the money, but Goff is different. When Goff is in the pocket, he's very accurate, but when you flush him, then he starts to break down, and he's far, far less accurate, and maybe that's the way. I mean, just you don't even have to hit him. Just flush him a little bit, make him throw on the run. He's not that player yet, is he? No, they're different players, but that's what the Rams have been so good at. They they understand what, you know, he doesn't like. So they keep him out of those situations, and they've been very good at it. But, you know, eventually the defense that slows him down will be the defense that gets Goff to take that second hitch the most. Jeff, coming into this game, listen, a lot's been made about the three-game losing streak. It feels to me like we're feeling and seeing a lot of what we did last year. And this is going to be up to the Broncos in a Herculean task to try to beat maybe the best team in the NFL. 
But as the, as we go into it, where is the Bronco mindset right now? I mean, there's there's internal discussions out there, the coaching staff coming in saying, "Hey, players, if you have any ideas how you know we can coach you better, it's good communication." But doggone it, Jeff, it seems like there's a little bit of grasping going on at Dove Valley. What do you glean from all that this week, getting ready for this game? Well, Moses, I'll tell you, a lot of that stuff takes on a different look when you're losing. I mean, I, and and again, I, and I, I know tons of fans who love Wade Phillips, but one of the things Wade did the most with players is even after every series, he would say, what are you seeing out there? What can we do? I mean, that's good coaching. Find out what the players see, find out what they feel. And so, I, you know, that part of it, I think, has been overblown because the best coaches I know, Bill Belichick asks his players what they see out there and what they can do. So, uh, to me, that's not a big deal. But I, I think what is a big deal is I've covered a lot of teams over the years, and, and I haven't seen one that really you – know, I've seen teams mail it in before Halloween. I've seen teams that didn't care. I've seen teams that didn't have talent. This team is not one of those. I mean, this team works hard during the week. Uh, they've got talent, and they don't get the reward on Sunday – and, you know, they have guys that make mistakes who don't make those mistakes during the week, and they make coaching decisions they, they, they sort of say during the week they want to avoid. So they are, uh, they are a riddle right now as to why they can't put in this work and get the reward on Sunday. And, you know, that's what, that's what gets them frustrated is they feel like they're doing what they should, and, and they don't get the payback for it. Jeff, last one for you. Uh, again, it's a tall task. Is there any way to come back from a two and four record this year? Is there any way at all? Uh, always. You know, it's not like you know the Cardinals are one of the worst teams in the league. So you 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 know conceivably, if you've got the character they say they have, you could you know not win Sunday and come back around and get and get a win Thursday night and. In Phoenix, but and frankly, that's what would have to happen. No matter what happens Sunday, the Broncos have to win in Phoenix if if you're going to pull yourself out of any of this. Blakey, you're the best. Great to talk to you for a half hour today. I appreciate your extended time. We'll do it again next week as the Broncos again do get ready to take on the Cardinals that night. Great to talk to you, brother. Thanks. I'll <laughs> see you, much. Take care. Your Colorado Avalanche, your Denver Nuggets, your Denver Sports Talk on FM. 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 Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5.